baby cry Make your mother sigh She's old enough to know better The king of marigold was in the kitchen Cooking breakfast for the queen The queen was in the parlor Playing piano for the children of the king Cry baby cry Make your mother sigh She's old enough to know better So cry baby cry The king was in the garden Picking flowers For a friend who came to play The queen was in the playroom Painting pictures for the children's holiday Cry, baby, cry On this day in 1968 The Beatles release The Beatles It, is, it was the ninth studio album It featured 30 songs Featured a plain white sleeve. It was also known as the White Album. The cover contained no graphics or text other than the band's name. It was intended as direct contrast to the vivid cover artwork of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. In the Observer, Tony Palmer wrote, If there is any doubt that Lennon and McCartney are the greatest songwriters since Schubert, the album should surely see the last vestiges of cultural snobbery swept away in a deluge of joyful music making. On the other hand, New York Times Nick Cohen called the White Album boring beyond belief. Uh, I don't know where you two stand on this. I personally, uh, Peter Field, am a massive fan of the White Album. How about you? I just It's hard to explain how a, a band can be that prolific and every single song seems mm-hmm. to have something in it from Revolver and Rubber Soul right yeah. through to let it be every single song is a gem do you agree cindy well i mean i'm a probably more of a rolling stones than a beatles fan but i mean i, I love the beatles uh, and you know uh, wasn't it just last week they released a new song that's right I mean, you know, then and timeless then and now then and now i don't know Absolutely. what is my favorite off the white Al- album what is the favorite well, coming through what people are saying is back in the ussr blackbird the fall on the hill fall uh number 9 uh, and uh, again while my guitar gently weeks but uh, yeah double album 30 great songs unbelievable album now more of your feedback uh, here by the way uh, yeah country music as a genre is arguably the hottest pop music in the world Wallace uh, you must love geology because you have been living under a rock <laughs> Garth Brooks sheesh says Russell the Builder from the West Coast, uh, who says, get with it, man. Uh, if you don't know what Garth Brooks is, why are you doing a radio show? Uh, look, oh. i tell you what, I think I might, I might actually do a Country Music Week. I've, I've, I've sold, what about you've just sold me. show? You have to do but, a week, a yeah. Country Music no, Week? No, 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 no. One song a day. I'm oh, doing one song a week. day. Yeah. Well, I feel broken up about this, but I must say I can't imagine that some people didn't actually pull their cars over in astonishment when they heard <laughs> you say this. <laughs> uh, now, regarding the free lunch, um, paying a meal allowance would cost as much for workers. Physical work is demanding and important to be nourished for health and safety. Feed them all the pies in some way they 
want. Uh, the panel, uh, NZ National, well, would you ever go into work if you were given unlimited annual leave? Indonesia for six months, seeing the historic sites of Europe for a whole year. But thinking about businesses, is an unlimited annual leave policy a good idea? One New Zealand workplace has tried it out as a way of attracting and keeping good staff. And this became news because last week uh, yet another company, a smaller company, said they have just introduced unlimited leave with us. We have um, sometime panellists, actually, uh, but also chief executive at Rocketworks, Dean Hoare. Dean, good to have you here. Kia ora. thanks for having me. Well, Dean, so you, you tried this quite early on, actually. You're a bit of a, um, uh, 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 you broke the mould in this by offering it. Um, firstly, why did you offer it? Well, we were wanting to uh, attract a, a lot of really good staff. So making video games is a very technical process. And it, it, it was, it definitely started out as a really good way to just attract and retain good staff. And how did your unlimited annual leave policy work? So uh, initially when we started, it applied just to everyone. Uh, So essentially uh, you still had to get leave approved, but we basically stopped counting the balances. One important nuance, I think, for the New Zealand side of things is making sure that people actually take the leave. If you look at, uh, say, the US, relatively common in tech, the tech industry in the US, you'd often see people would qualify for unlimited annual leave, but uh, they didn't want to take it because uh, they they wanted to look good. So so here we we definitely made sure right from the start that people would take their their entitlement and make sure that they'd get a rest. Uh, But we did find that, particularly for junior employees, they need more structure. So we ended up moving to a graduated system where there's sort of three tiers. Uh, the first tier has defined amounts of leave, although you can apply to get leave outside of that. Um, and the second tier is unlimited wellness, so basically unlimited sick leave. And then finally, the third tier is unlimited of all kinds of leave. Oh, I see. That's interesting. And you are a bigger company than this uh, 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 other um, uh, company that was based out of Dunedin. Well, we got the person on the panel because, Cindy Michener, you are a, a recruitment executive. You'll have some thoughts on this. Uh, I absolutely do. I, I think it's interesting, uh, Dean, what you said about some people didn't take the leave because they wanted to look good. I think this, that's a really sort of interesting and not terribly positive reason for not not taking your leave. Um, I mean, a lot of people actually enjoy the culture, enjoy the environment of being in the office. I mean, work is not something everyone hates and is trying to get out of all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, don't you think that your employees actually are coming into the office for a you know a whole range of reasons, and that and un, you know try they're not desperately not wanting to be there. Dean, yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. The way I think about it is everyone's life ebbs and flows. Everyone goes through different things at different times. You know, we've had uh, employees suffer very significant bereavement, and yeah. we've said, hey, you know, we'll give you lots of time off. And in some cases, sometimes they've ended up coming back and saying, look, I really want to come into work and get back to some normalcy. So I think a lot of it starts with having a conversation. So even when people want to take leave, what we try to do is just take the number off the table and stop people 
obsessing about how many days leave they had and start to think about the reasons why they're taking leave, the reasons they might need a break and the things that are going on in their life. And, and I think really that it just ended up making a lot of sense. Peter? Well, I'm afraid, Dean, that the only problem is you may be putting a lot of lawyers out of work. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, uh, you know, because the thing is, that, that eventually, even no matter how good your plans are, you know, things can go wrong. So, Right. But I guess the idea is it's a wonderful notion, really is, that, um, you know, that there's a sense that there's a team here and that you don't have to have people who will review every single detail right. of every single document in order to get what we want, which is, you know, somebody, something that doesn't disrupt business and allows people to live creative, thoughtful lives. And that's, got the, that's the, actually well put, Peter. That's the nub, isn't it, Dean? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, uh, and I think with a lot of things, same with four-day work weeks and that, I, I think it's, it's definitely worthwhile having a conversation about and maybe turning over some of our preconceptions about what works and what doesn't. Look, absolutely. It's a, it's actually about outcomes, not output or days in the office. Outcomes and trust. The more you can, you know, work with your team to say, you know, here's where we want to get to, and there's a everyone's going to have a, a, a different pattern or a different pace to get there. Trusting them to to get there, I think, you know, is is only going to make for a really rewarding workplace, and yeah. therefore. Uh, your ability to attract really good staff. Culture is so important. When I ask candidates, what are you looking for in your new job? Really? They say, I'm looking for a culture yeah. and an environment okay. that I am going to enjoy. Yeah, someone says, I think the issue of unlimited leave and unlimited annual leave is ridiculous. Many wouldn't take it and would feel embarrassed. I certainly would. I buy leave and am clear with my team as to why I take leave. But I'd find that hard if unlimited. Interesting uh, tech there, Dean. Yeah, look, um, one of our biggest struggles is getting people to take the leave. Um, so you know, we almost have to kick. So we have a shutdown period um, that we make people, you know, away from the office. But even then, we actually get a lot of people who say, hey, I'd really like to work through that period. It's quite quiet. So, you know, some of our bigger challenges is actually making sure people get a break. You know, we're a very creative industry, so we... Even though people want to work, sometimes we really need to say, look, you, you just need to go and um, right. you know, go to the beach and chill out. Mm. <laughs> I think, Dean, that the best move you could make would be to play country music on the radio at work for everyone. <laughs> that, that's that everyone would go and leave. Would, would, would you do that, Dean? Um, I don't know whether I'm allowed to control our music choices at work. I, I think our COO does that. Well, so. let, let, let me ask you one question then, Dean. Have you heard of Garth Brooks? Oh, I've heard of Garth Brooks. Oh, okay. I've probably got a few on my playlist. Oh, yep. There you go. Right, you have... You're digging deeper, Wallace. All right. Uh, hey, uh, kia ora, Dean, as always. Nice to have you on. Uh, speaking of country music, yeah, a West Coast uh, 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 hoka here. We have great country musos. Al Hunter, the Hetherington's, the Coal Rangers, and then they taught their kids. It goes on. Jody says, don't forget amazing contemporary singer-songwriters in Aotearoa who are amazing in the country, like Tammy Nielsen, Marlon Williams. Looking forward to Country Week, says Jody. <laughs> so it looks like it may well be on. So, But is Marlon Williams a country singer? 
I don't know. Is he? Oh, he's, I mean, he's, he's an actor. He's in a movie we just saw called Bad Behavior, by the way, which was quite oh, interesting. Oh, yes. Film. But, I, I mean, he's a fabulous it. singer and songwriter. Yeah. But, I mean, would you class his genre as country? Well, that's a good point. I'll find out next week. Um, now, it is 16 away from five. The panel are NZ National. Now, we are waiting on Chris Luxon. He will have the latest uh, nationals. Chris Luxon, he'll have the latest for us on the coalition. So he's been doing this. He'll be doing a stand-up in a few minutes. But to this, let's go to Wellington now, because Wellington is doing Christmas a little differently this year. It's raised eyebrows, fair to say. A Christmas tree on Courtney Place. Well, it's made out of traffic cones, road traffic cones. You heard that right. Not only that, there are owls wearing high-vis jackets. Wellington City Council's Manager of City Events, Stephen Blackburn, said it represents the city's different infrastructure projects. It is it in the hard work spirit of where our wonderful capital is thinking, or is it actually a Christmas shocker? With us is Wellington City Council Councillor Rebecca Matthews. Rebecca, kia ora. Let me ask you this. How has it gone down with the locals? Kia ora, and I just want to say, I mean, I know it's very early, but this is the time of peace and goodwill to all people and to all territorial authorities. So <laughs> I think there are there are mixed views about yep. the road cones. And I mean, there has been a, a little bit of outrage and a bit of hand-wringing, but also um, some people have embraced it. And I've, there's a, a petition calling for a road cone star to go on top of the road cone tree. So I just want to shout out to Jethro. It does only have nine signatures. So well, it's uh, on change. <laughs> I, I, at first glance, you know what, well, I quite liked it because it sort of spoke of that reuse thing and, and it was a bit different. I go, it was a big ha ha ha, Wellington Road Coast, of course. But then I thought, well, hang on, Rebecca, it's been such a year. Where the hell is your and your council's Christmas spirit? Well, I, I think that the Christmas spirit is there, but it also have a sense of humour, and we're poking fun at ourselves, and that's always to me the kind of the best jokes if you're going to take the Mickey out of yourself. And I, I think that maybe we're just kind of helping to rewire people's brains, so they're going to have a more positive associations with road cones when they see them next year. And Good the luck with that. They'll think <laughs> yeah. of, of, of brandy snaps and presents. <laughs> I, I I think that whole comment about rewiring people's uh, brains is is very relevant. When I read this, I thought, what sort of drugs were those people on? Because this is seriously, hysterically, cynically bad. I mean, it is just, are you absolutely crazy? This is rubbing our nose in the thing that we hate. We hate the traffic stoppage, we hate the road cone. So now you've said, ha, ha, have this. Merry road cone Christmas. Rebecca, how could you? Well, maybe we should all just have a little bit more of a sense of humour about I've them. I've got a fantastic go. sense have of humour. Have a laugh, Cindy. <laughs> I, you know, this it's is, a victimless crime, it really is. I mean, this is so crazy, it is really funny. You know. All right, let's go to the city. Of, let's go to the. Let, let, let's go to that other city of road cones, uh, Christchurch, Peter. Yes, well, it seems to me we've had quite a lot of city of road cones here. So uh, I, I would think that rebranding road cones may be a bridge too far or a tree too tall. But uh, I think, Bex, you couldn't be right. All humor is at someone's expense. So the only real good humor is at your own. So if you're making fun of yourself, good on you. 
So where do, where, where do we stand now? You don't have to, it's not going to come down, or there's, if, the, if the petition gets a bit big, uh, it, you, you, it'll stay, the road cone Christmas tree, that's uh, one to stay for this year, Rebecca? Well, it's just, I, I, I don't hear of any plans to take it down, so I'm just hoping people might look at it and smile, or if not, they'll enjoy the other Christmas trees that we've got in town, which are a little bit more traditional. There's no chance that you could remove a few road cones and you know, just help with the congestion a little bit, just as a you know, like a Christmas good, goodwill gesture. <laughs> well, remember, you, you're not in traffic. You are traffic. But maybe we could just put a few few tinsels around the road cones that we have. Or nice. around the lights, you know. Yeah, nice one, Rebecca. All right, very, very good. Nice to have you on the program. That's um, Rebecca <laughs> Matthews there, the Wellington Councillor. That's, that's, uh, what do you make of it if you are in Wellington, this uh, uh, Christmas road cone? Tree. Uh, nine to five, the panel are NZ National. By the way, thank you so much for all your feedback. Quite a lot of feedback this afternoon and quite a bit about the road cones. I love the road cone Christmas tree. It's great. Tongue in cheek, poking fun at the road work. Sorry, Cindy. Um, Elaine says, We complain when work is not done in Wellington. Then we complain when it's done because the essential road cones are protecting the site and the workers. Uh, this is the best use of road cones I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is funny, isn't it? But really, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's eight to five, the panel, now Black Friday. It has become a shopping phenomenon, apparently, akin to Christmas. People around New Zealand asking... Do I need more socks? Wow, look at that toaster with five settings. A recent Black Friday report from price comparison website Price Spy found that despite the cost of living crisis, Kiwis plan to spend 10% more on Black Friday than last year, arising from $731 to 806 But buyer beware, Black Friday prices... They could even be higher. With us is Tim Provis, Price Spies Tech Commentator. Kia ora, Tim. Kia ora. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Can I jump straight to that? Because that would become a real, be a real surprise to many listeners that the, the, the great Black Friday, which we hold out for often to buy those socks, those prices might be a bit higher. Yeah, we do have a uh, – we've had a look through, and 15% of um, all the products that we have on price buy, they're susceptible to what they call a, uh, a fake sale or a roller coaster pricing, where they slowly just trickle up over the you know the 60 days, and then as soon as that um, Black Friday special happens, they drop it you know 50% off, but it was already um, you know low. But we don't know because they changed it up last minute. Well, that's a jolly cheek, Cindy. Uh, look, I am so sick of these – commercialised sales days. I mean, Black Friday, when did that start? You know, we have Halloween sales, we have Easter, we have Christmas, we have Boxing Day, we've got Mother's Blame Day, we've Americans. got Father's I will. I was about to do that. I was just about to do that, Peter. But, but can I just jump back on you? Um, um, our hard-working retail sector will say, we need it, like anything. But, mm. you know, don't... I mean, people's... Research, I believe, has shown that the sales, all they do is bring sales forward. So somebody was planning to buy something anyway, but um, they think that but it's a it. bargain, they so pull, they buy it they now, the not later. Uh, stay there, Tim. Let's bring Peter in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, I, I do think that there's an important psychology. People shop for pleasure, and if they think they're getting a good deal, they love it the more. So 
If people, Cindy, think they're getting a bargain, let them have their dreams. <laughs> in the yeah. road cone Christmas tree. Tim? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're all entitled to our dreams. They're free. <laughs> but um, so a discount that shouldn't be there. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. And um, But by all means, don't. don't I don't want to be the, uh, the Grinch who stole Christmas cones. But um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like um, like there are there are sales out there. They are there, but mm. it's just um, you know, we just need to be a little bit more cynical and um, curious about um, where those are they actually sales? And that's what we do at Price Buyers. We uh, we got have a price history of everything, so people can have a look at how much it was in June, July, August, all the way back to when it released. And then uh, you can make your judgment from there. Well, I think it's very important information, quite, idea, quite frankly. Uh, very important and, and a good thing to talk about because, I, uh, A, I don't want to be um, duped by prices. I think it's a shocker. But also, um, uh, hands up, I am going to be buying socks and undies tomorrow huh. uh, because I want to get them cheaper. I thought it was a well, tech sale. But, could, hey, um, Tim, could we – could retailers – could it be compulsory for them to display six months' worth of pricing? Well, I mean, I mean it's be that um, hard. It's just not a, little, a, bad idea. a little card. Well, yeah, yes, it's possible if they wanted to do that, but we do it for, the, for everybody anyway. So it's all on Price Buy. It's an app that you can look on your phone, and it does all that for you because you don't know. Like, the warehouse might say yes, and another place might say, oh, no, nah, that's not really our thing because... It's not, you know, it's not law. It's not legislation that they need to follow. But, but that's surely then you would go to the warehouse because you'd be able to see in front of you it was, you know, $2.50 in July. And, oh, my goodness me, it's $2.80 in the black sale. So is it really? I think Being maybe it, retailers could be, you know, part of this new sort of retail grocery commission. That, you know, they could be compelled yeah. to display yeah, hand, long prices. Hand on heart, Peter. I mean, aren't you going to buy anything tomorrow? You want to buy some more hooks for your art? Um or, oh, that's, uh, that, that's very nice. That's tasty. But uh, <laughs> I, I, look, if you're asking me if I'm going to buy any music, I am not. But no, I'm really not a shopper at all. Um, it's a scary thing. But yeah, books. Uh, I like wine. But other than that, I'll buy presents. But I like wine. I don't shop. I just don't shop. Oh. It's just never something yeah. I've ever done. All right, Tim, deaf ears for uh, Peter there. You haven't uh, convinced <laughs> him, but you've con- convinced me. So any any last-minute advice for those who are going to be um, getting to Black Friday? Yeah, so um, with advice, if you are heading out, make sure that you do your research before you go out and, and have, a, have a target. This is, I need a new TV. I need this, I need that. And also getting something that you need and something that you want are two completely different things. So shop with your brain and not your ego as well. Oh, come on. Where's the fun? Just go shopping. <laughs> Yeah, well, and be careful about the car parks in Auckland yeah. at the malls. Too, yes. You know, yes. take a bus and then take your tally home on the bus. Nice one, Tim. Oh. Hey, fantastic, Tim. Good to have you here. There's Tim hey. Provost there from uh, Price Buy. And you know what? I might just have to go tomorrow and buy my first ever Garthbrook CD. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. And stay tuned for tr- Country Music Week. Good on you, Peter, for the idea. Um, <laughs> Peter Field and Cindy Minchner, you've been fantastic. Taking you out with Garth Brooks, Lisa Owen on the latest with Checkpoint. I'm Wallace Chapman. See you tomorrow, 3.45. Thanks, Wallace.